this would be fun. This would be a lot of fun. This is why you want to do this and want to play college football. You know, you got two universities 70 miles apart playing in front of a lot of people that care about this game. So it's uh, it's great to be a part of it. One hundred eighty-three minutes. One hundred eighty-three minutes away from Game Three of the American League Divisional Series. A good afternoon. The Jack Michael Show coming to you live from the Bulldog Tap today. What a what a fantastic environment. Our friends are already here. There's room for you. A comfortable joint. This is fantastic. Dave Erickson said, "Jack, go ahead and tell them. Tell them about the six ninety-five cheeseburger basket every day from eleven until two. Tell them about the five ninety-five appetizers." Every day from 3 until 6. Go ahead and tell them about the happy hour from 11 until 6. A dollar off all beers and drinks. And I wonder if the dude's here. Oh, wait, did he get the right? He get the bulldog or the right? He got a bulldog. Yeah, the bulldog tap. And if you're, if you're not familiar, if you're new in town or haven't been into South Fargo, just get on 45th Street, head south. Uh, you'll see the Hornbachers on the edge. You go ahead and get your zucchini there. But when you want burgers and meals and beverages and drink specials, just keep coming down. On 45th Street South in Fargo, the Bulldog Tap is where it's at. As I said, it, it really if you had been to the Bulldog Tap, this is a destination place. This is a place where you bring your group and hang out. Maybe you want to shoot a little pool. Listen to some great tunes. It's kind of a comfortable atmosphere. It's not an overbearing televisions everywhere. When I say TVs and plasmas and big screens, they are everywhere. There's just not a bad view. A, a quaint, spacious bar area. Tori is working hard behind uh, there right now. Dartboards, pool tables, popcorn machine. You get the machines where you get the pull tabs out of there and the various things. Go. I mean, Derek, let me tell you, <laughs> there are a lot of great places. I get it. The Bulldog Tap is happening, man. They little patio area that's still open for for a while until, of course, Mother Nature decides to shut her down. But this is a, it is quaint, Derek, and it's easy to find. Forty Fifth Street, go south. Yeah, you'll see that the Hornbacher's on what Fortieth, and it's part of the back end of that uh, of, uh, of that strip mall area, Derek. I I just literally drank a cheeseburger and fries. That's how good nice. that was, D. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> I remember draft party with pretty good time. So yeah, it's a yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Of course, the Vikings might be picking first the next time we have a draft party there. So well, who knows? Yeah. Here, here's my question for you, Derek, and, and maybe the text club at 35270. When do you know your team has hit bottom? Woo. When do you know the team that you root for has hit, potentially has hit bottom? Now, I, I don't want to say the Vikings have, have hit that, but this morning in the 7 o'clock hour, we learned that the Vikings were going to put Justin Jefferson on the injured reserve. So what does that mean? It means four games, boom, bang. Uh, and I think they do this for a number of reasons. I'm sure J.J., Derek, and not having, you know, talking to him, I'm sure you do that so he can't even talk himself back into place. You don't even run the risk of, of doing more damage on that hamstring. So he goes on the IR, and I believe the soonest he can uh, return is probably that New Orleans Saints game coming up in november so derek i don't know if it's the i don't know if it's the you know like like we talked about yesterday you got the twins you couldn't have more excitement this is a twins party by the way here we're getting ready for twins baseball sunny gray Kristen javier going today in game three i heard derek falvey today on on our sister station kfgo you had dave st peter our good buddy on yesterday i get it and this is twins 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 wear your gear my buddy dan here got his twins gear on it really is the 
the, the tale of two spectrums, <laughs> Derek, between the feeling for the Twins and the unfortunate feeling now for the Minnesota Vikings. No, it's true. And so does it make me a bad fan if I kind of hope that this team maybe picks in the top 10? I mean, we're to that point now. And mainly it's because, and I think they were just talking about it uh, on, on PA show here, San Francisco and Philadelphia look like they might have a rematch in the NFC Championship game. I mean, I'm not, and I don't think that's crazy talk, is it? And there might be a t- no. team in the Motor City who might have something to say about it, honestly. Because say what you want about Jared Goff, he's played in the big game before, and he probably could have won that game too, right? I mean, right. in that slobber knocker of a low-scoring, kind of boring Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Rams. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there is that you can't – I think those are the top three teams. The division leaders right now – look like they're on a different tier than every, everyone else in the NFC. I think we agree that every dog has its day. Um, and I think we could agree that maybe even Philadelphia, we haven't really seen them hit their stride and even play maybe their best game and look what they're doing. Offensively, I, for sure, yeah. Right? I think you can say the same for the AFC in Kansas City. Um, I don't know if we could say it about San Francisco. You mentioned the 49ers. I don't think we can go there with San Francisco. So, you know, the question you bring up, Derek, is it a um, – is it a defeatist mentality to say, well, even if we sneak somehow into a 9-8 and eight season, and, boy, it's going to take a lot to get to 9-8. and eight. And speaking of Vikings, even if you sneak in there, I mean, what are we really doing here? I mean, it, it, that's kind of what the, you know, and, and, and you preface your statement by saying, I, I hate to sound like that, but now, you know, you're 1-4, you're going to Chicago, you got San Fran after that. You know, you got Green Bay on the horizon. Of course, they decided to kind of stub their toe several times um, last night against Las Vegas. But that—that's kind of what you're saying. It defeated us, and then, and then, even if you do, do we dare use the word that rhymes with uh, "mank" and starts with "t"? Yeah. Let's say you even do some of that by playing, you know, backups or what have you. You know, is the is the people that you want are the players that you want targeted? Even going to come out in the NFL draft for goodness sakes well, because that they can too. make more money. They can make more money in college on the NIL. So I don't know. I think you play it out, D. I, I think you play it out. Um, uh, you and I yesterday after the Jack Michael show, uh, comment came on and uh, and and then a BS comment about you know, can the Vikings win? Was it was a great line? Can the Vikings win without Justin Jefferson? <laughs> Common so sharp and quick. He says they're not winning with him. Yeah, and it, right. it, it was a great line, and you know, it, it's part of the deal. But that—that's the—that's the story on uh, on that, and and you know, it's tough to see that news. But or, or, is there another side to that? And and I know we're talking twins. Today. Dick Bremer will join us, the television voice of the twins, coming up. Uh, it's also media day for the Summit League. Uh, how about Casey Barabich, by the way, named preseason player of the year in the Summit, the UND Fighting Hawks uh, standout, and 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 the Rose native. But uh, when we uh, when we look at this, is there another side of that coin, Derek? Is there? Can you paint any silver lining today for Viking fans? Say, look, sometimes winning cures all. And if you get a road win without JJ in Chicago, who, by the way, actually has put together a couple of games that that make your eyes open a little bit more, you get a win there. And then it's a Monday night game, I believe, against San Francisco. Yep. And and we go back to the every dog has its day, except if you're San Francisco. But 
you know, and, and somehow they shocked the world. Is there a silver lining or are we just asking a little too much right now? I think if they would uh I think if they would upset San Francisco, maybe and you know, they win the next two, obviously you got a little sign of life, right? I mean you're actually yeah. There's a heartbeat. You're kind of like the, the movie Hancock, right, where you just, you know, he's got to get out of the room and let uh, Sharice Theron, you know, get, you know, yeah. get a heartbeat at yeah. the end. You know, and all of a sudden she comes back to life. So it's interesting. Yeah. T- text message comes in. Yes, it makes you a bad fan of cheer for the Vikings lose. Look at the top five draft picks that are complete busts. And, it's, I mean, it's a good point. It's a risk that yeah. you take. I, and I guess, to be honest with you, I don't necessarily am going to be pulling for them to lose. I mean, I mean, it's going to be hard for me to say I want them to lose against the Packers, right? I mean, that's just, that's just not in your DNA. But I think it's one of those things where well, you're sitting there, and if it happens, it happens. I, you know, I, I do. They're they've been in one possession games, and they've lost them all. Unlike last year, where they won them all, right? And that's just the difference. It's you're going from a freshman phenom to a sophomore slump for the head coach, yep. and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. And if they do clean up their turnovers. They can win every game that they play. I really am convinced of that. Because they could have beat the Eagles if they don't turn the ball over. I yeah, mean, I, they, they got ran over a little bit. But outside of that, I think the defense has played well enough for them to win because this team has has, has most of their assets invested into the offense. Wouldn't you agree? Between, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. There's right. They, they should be able to put up points. You know, they, they really should be able to put up points. And, and that text, by the way, is spot on. I don't think anybody that that and I know that you're not that way either. I think everybody wants their team to win, whether it's on the hoop, the ice, the gridiron, or whatever. So texture is spot on, uh, twofold. Hope your team wins. You know, you're certainly not going to lose sleep if they probably don't because of how it's been going. And and he's spot on the fact that how many guarantees are there in, in those first picks? You know, I'm well, it's also why yeah. we had a, a draft party, Derek, here today at the, at the Bulldog Tap in South Fargo. Hey, you know, we've done draft shows. There are no guarantees. Well, it's also why I say it's ridiculous to think, and, and the the ghost of the Herschel Walker trade haunts us. We still want to write that wrong. But the talk of trading Justin Jefferson for a bunch of picks, A, you're not going to get that many picks. B, you might get Troy Williamson or Laquan Treadwell type of guys to replace him, right? I mean, the Vikings That's were lucky right. trading Diggs and then getting Jefferson. I would argue it's just a, a tad better than Diggs. And Diggs is good, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you lucked out there. You turned a fifth-round pick into a first-round pick and got Justin Jefferson. But you can trade Randy Moss and get Napoleon Harris and Troy Williamson. I mean, that's that's the risk that you take. And it's the same thing going to this offseason. You know, if they don't do well and they go to the playoffs, they're most likely moving on from number eight. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. And then they're going to draft a quarterback probably. And then he could either be Christian Ponder or he could end up being – you know, injured Teddy Bridgewater, or maybe he turns out to be, I don't know, the next, uh, you know, great thing that's a top pick, whoever that might be. You know, Trevor Lawrence certainly step into right. his own. Or Justin Herbert or, uh, you know. Or he could be the 49ers and luck out and take Mr. Irrelevant and looks like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the yep. NFC right now. You know, think about this team now. We have the Powerball at $1.7 billion tomorrow, right? That's right. And the Mega Millions as well, you know, a few hundred million. And – did the 49ers go after the uh, Powerball with Trey Lance and they ended up taking a few? Hey, well, you know what? We're still millionaires after getting the Mega Millions with, you know, because you know, a lot of people look at that, oh, what a disastrous, you know, trade up to get Trey Lance. You lose all those picks. But when you score in the last man taken in the NFL draft, that kind of evens it out, doesn't it? it, it and, and, and I think there, there's probably some out there that are saying, well, look, at, let's go to the Twins. Look what the Twins did. You guys have been talking about the, the Luis Arise and Pablo Lopez deal, and look how that worked out. 
I, I think it's a little different, Derek. You know, the, the sports are different. Yeah. You know, the sports are different. Luis Arise can hit. He can get on base. He can get on base in a Twins uniform. He can hit and get on base in a Marlins uniform. Pablo Lopez can pitch. Pablo Lopez can pitch in a Marlins uniform. Pablo Lopez can pitch in a Twins uniform. Kind of individual things within the structure of a team. I think football is a little different bird at times, Derek. I think you can you can make a trade and bring a superstar, quote-unquote, to your club, but it doesn't fit. You know, if you got a great receiver, but if your line can't protect and your quarterback isn't as mobile and, and is getting sacked, what good is it having a superstar receiver, right? You know, if you got a great running back, but once again, if you're not opening up holes or you're behind in a game and you're chasing points or you're not running much, what's, what's the great significance of having a great running back? So I think the sports are different when we talk about trades sometimes. I really have to slice those two uh, up. Um, anyway, did you see how the Phillies lost last night? Oh my, yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean, I think it's ugh. is that forgivable though? I mean, because you're trying to get that. I mean, it it looked like it was gone. I mean, I you know, at least going to hit the wall, right? <laughs> so, yeah. but well, I I'm know. sure Bryce Harper was trying to get a real good jump, you know, and get past yeah. second and, and and score the tying run. Well, it's kind of like Vladdy Guerrero, right? He knew he used the tight and run, so he tried to get yeah. a little bit off, and Sonny caught him. So. You're on first base and a ball's hit to the alley, and then that catch, I think it was Michael Harris. Michael Harris went back and peeled that button. Yeah, to your point, forgivable, probably because, you know, you have, you know, you can see the ball, you know, you have the read, you know, you're the base runner. It's not like it's behind you. It's not like you're at second, you know, and the ball's in right center and you have to rely on a coach and a, you know, what have you, or look back over your shoulder. I think Bryce had a good idea. He just kind of rolled the dice a little bit right there and then couldn't get back. That's uh, that's crazy. And, and I don't know if this is shocking or not, but the Dodgers, you talk about triple-digit win teams, the Dodgers are down two games to none to the Diamondbacks. Man. The Baltimore Orioles, which I think for Twins fans, if, if you're not a Twins fan or if you are a Twins fan, the cute story was Baltimore. I think the nation, if the nation could rally around a team, and maybe it's the Twins here moving forward, but uh, who would have thought Baltimore would be down two games to none, clinging to their divisional playoff lives tonight at Texas? Um, so that that's that's something, and I know that uh, that that's why every time you know we're gonna have Dick Bramer here coming up, and we talk with Corey, and you and I chat, and we talk with Chris Coast, all these ball player. That's why they tell you. You just got to get a ticket to the dance. That's why you just yep. got to get in. That's right. Because you don't know what's going to happen once you get in. And, Derek, if you had tickets to the Guns N' Roses concert at Chase Field tomorrow, uh, it's been canceled. It's been moved, actually, to the uh, to the Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater because the Diamondbacks and the brass there at Chase Field and the thing, they decided to – to put a Guns N' Roses concert date, probably not thinking maybe about the postseason. So they double booked Chase Field. How do you not? The- how do you not plan for that? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm the boy. You don't have much faith. That's as crazy to me. Oh, I mean, I've talked to Rob Sobolik many times, and right. and I've said to him, I said, "How many concerts have we lost because of potential playoff games?" Wherever he goes, I don't want to talk about it. You know, I mean, and he goes, the, "You know, the Bison obviously is a great tenant, but that's just the nature of the beast, right?" I'm sure the Alaris Center goes through the same thing. I mean, you just. You got to plan the, for these things. The vitriol, Derek. By the way, you've got 
GNR fans that may or may not be baseball fans. Here's one comment. I cannot stand, and then it says, my mom taught me not to use the word hate. I cannot stand the Diamondbacks organization for costing me a couple thousand dollars to rearrange my plans to see GNR. You conveniently, they canceled the show and moved it to a smaller place. I had, like, great seats. These were one of the comments coming in. So there you go. Dick Bremer coming up next. We're at the Bulldog Tap today. The Jack Michael Show coming to you live. The television voice of the Minnesota Twins. The Twins in Houston. Game three today at Target Field. We'll talk with Dick about that. It's Sonny Grand Hill today from Minnesota. His uh, appearance brought to you by Jefferson Lines on 740 The Fan. Here we go. Catch me, the common man, Dan Cole, following the Jack Michael Show here on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. Dick Bremer's appearance on the Jack Michael Show brought to you by Jefferson Lines. We are now joined by the television voice of the Minnesota Twins. Dick Bremer coming to you live and direct the show from uh, uh, Bulldog Tap in, in South Fargo. Dick, game three today, and the Twins have an opportunity to go up two games to one over the Houston Astros, and if they do it, a chance to clinch a divisional series tomorrow. Dick, this was all your thought going through, right? You knew the Twins could be in this situation, right, right, Dick? Well, I, I, I think uh, for people who've listened to this segment over the summer, I think we all uh, expected this team to play much better in the second half than they did in the first half. They did that, and now they've taken it to another level here in the postseason, and it's been fun to watch. I'm just now pulling into the parking lot here at Target Field. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's going to be so much fun here at uh, Target Field for Game 3. And, uh, of course, uh, the hope is that uh, they can win today and have a chance to clinch at home tomorrow. Of course, it's sunny, as you mentioned, and it's sunny on the mound today. And he's been a bulldog the past couple of months and maybe hasn't had the run support to uh, get him there. So he's going to need that today. I don't think there's any question. It's going to be an interesting pitching matchup and obviously the run support that needs to come along with it. Yeah, and he's been so consistent, at times dominant, uh, but just, you know, there hasn't been that start where he only went an inning and two-thirds and gave up five runs. Uh, He's been, uh, you know, a good 1A, and when I've seen Lopez and Gray pitch this year, I thought during the regular season that, you know, Twins probably haven't had a 1-2 and like this since they had uh, Santana and Liriano, you know, almost 20 years ago now. They weren't able to take those two guys into the playoffs because Liriano blew out. But they've got Lopez, who looked like he pitched his greatest game of the year in uh, Houston in game two, and now Sonny Gray to back him up. So who knows what's going to happen. But if this team can get by this round and get into the baseball final four, if you will, I'm not sure that there's going to be a a team out there that has the great one-two punch in their rotation like the Twins have. Dick Bremer's appearance brought to you by Jefferson Lines. To that point, Dick, and put it into perspective, knowing the Houston Astros, on on what Lopez was able to accomplish on the road, mind you, against that lineup to hold it uh, to, a, to a goose egg, a zero for a good chunk, and then obviously Jordan Alvarez is trying to hit as many home runs in the history of postseason baseball, apparently, ever. But what it, what put that into perspective to hold that lineup down for as long as the Twins did the other night? Well, he had impeccable command of all his pitches, and he was able to throw the ball essentially where he wanted to. Got ahead uh, with a lot of you know first pitch strikes, a very good strike percentage. Uh, he seemed to have uh, the Houston hitters confused for a good part of the seven innings. And let's not diminish the fact that he pitched that seventh inning. We saw last night with uh, Zach Wheeler dominant through six innings, 
and the Phillies tried to get a seventh inning out of him, and, and it didn't turn out too well. Lopez was able to complete seven. As a result, uh, you know, Brock Stewart had the eighth, and Duran uh, had a very quick ninth inning, and that should set the bullpen up, the late inning guys, uh, to be uh, hopefully more effective because they weren't used in game two. Everybody had a day off yesterday. So if the Twins have a lead after six, and you hate to say this, but they're as well-positioned as they have maybe ever been in the postseason in terms of their late-inning relievers to shorten the ball game, as they say. So we'll see if Sonny can do his thing for five or six and then turn it over to a bullpen that should be in pretty good shape. Pretty interesting that, you know, Polanco goes to more of his natural position at second base. Royce Lewis, obviously the hammy is feeling a little bit better to play third. And I love Julian and I like uh, Kyle Farmer, but that's probably their best lineup, isn't it? Well, I think so. I think that's the lineup they were hoping to have at the start of the playoff run uh, to take nothing uh, away from Julian and how much he's improved defensively. We've we've seen him either not start the game as he did in game two or come out of the game for defense late in the game. And if you put him in as the DH, then you know we know it's been pretty well established. The Astros don't have a lights-out left-handed reliever. Uh, so what we're seeing in the starting lineup with the lefties at least uh, I think is what we'll see uh, throughout the entire game. And Julian probably better uh, fit it, uh, a better fit right now as a DH than a second baseman in a one-run game in the ninth inning of a playoff game. But uh, we'll see how it all plays out. But, uh, you know, it's, it's Willie Castro out there in center field, not Michael A. Taylor, because they want to get as many left-handed uh, batters in there against Javier. Looked up the numbers this morning. And, uh, yeah, lefties have a much better chance against them than righties. So the Twins are about as left-handed as they can get. There's, I, I love the fact that, that uh, this Twins team, it seems like it's, it's, it's gathering more attention, more steam, maybe even more fans, Dick. And, and I, I love all of the different elements that are involved in this. And you, throughout our show today, uh, this year with you, you've talked about the blend of youth with the veteran leadership. Correa is uh, – Carlos just seems – uh, like someone that that that's jumped to the front of the boat and said, "I'll I'll row and and just hang with me and everybody climb in, let's go." But but he's not the only one. But there's something to be said about Correa and how he leads by example and even even verbally through that and how he carries himself. That uh, this team deserves to win this divisional series for goodness sakes, Nick. Well, I, I agree with you, and, I, you know, everything you said is absolutely true, but how much would any of that be worth if Correa wasn't picking up hits, making big, huge defensive plays out in the field? Uh, I don't think you can underestimate uh, or overestimate uh, Carlos's influence on the young guys. Julian came off the bench and got a big pinch hit RBI single in game two. Um, he I think has the effect of putting a lot of other players whether they've got a lot of experience or not at ease but then when you back it up and excel out on the field in the batter's box at short like he has uh this has been a very interesting postseason to see how Correa who had a largely disappointing regular season has just absolutely broken through here in the postseason to be one of the more impactful players in the postseason across baseball yeah, you know, I think when we watch the games, and I, I wish you were doing the games, obviously, but it, I think one thing that gives you perspective about when the national broadcasters come in is 
I think we almost took it for granted how hard plays almost look easy with Carlos Correa night in and night out and we're you know either listening or watching you each and every night where it's just remarkable what he's able to do and you know that third out you know that's that's a big deal you just don't want men on base with Duran in there that was a huge play in the game that just kind of goes without talking too much about it. you think about his hits more but he made that look easy and it wasn't and uh the the catch by Kirilov on the other end do was pretty significant but uh yeah he's stepped up and and put together in all the playoff games so far and there have only been four of them but it seems like uh the four most significant defensive plays uh in the game in all four of them uh have been you know by carlos correa certainly uh in the uh, you know three wins that the twins have in the postseason so far we uh, come to live for the Bulldog Cab today, the Jack Michael Show, Derek Hansen in studio, Dick Bremer, uh, television voice of the Minnesota Twins, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Uh, let, let's hope today for the best. And I, I guess I'll, I'll phrase this one this way, Dick. Uh, you win today, and, and it's what? Everybody but Pablo Lopez tomorrow? If you lose today, <laughs> is it everybody but Pablo Lopez tomorrow? I, I know we hate to look ahead uh, to tomorrow, but you, you get what I'm getting at here, Dick. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and that's the way uh, it is, uh, you know, once you get to October. Uh, and and the, the interesting thing, and I'm down here in the Twin Cities, and, and you know, vibes are kind of iffy. You don't know whether they're reliable or not. But I, the sense I get is people are under the impression the Twins have the lead in this division. That's kind of dangerous because this is the world defending World Series champions, and I think – the the feeling is well the twins have a two to one lead or something like that they don't it's a best two out of three and two out of the uh, three games potentially will be here at Target Field but in this playoff round uh, you know home teams are just two and six and uh, you know it took an incredible Atlanta comeback last night to get the second home team win so uh, this is a very uh, interesting series. The Twins do have the home field advantage. Uh, let's just hope that the Twins can find a way, Sonny Gray and fill in the blank how many times you need to afterwards, find a way to win this game because game three of a best of five uh, is so critically important. And then uh, as crazy and as wild as it's going to be here at Target Field this afternoon, if the Twins win, it's going to be ratcheted up another level tomorrow afternoon. It'll be interesting, too, because we got a couple of text messages in here, too, just to make it clear that, yeah, it's unfortunate for the if, the, if you bought a strip of tickets, you know what the time is today with a 307 first pitch, and then you got to wait for the Texas game and Texas-Baltimore game tonight to know if you're going to an afternoon affair or a night affair. I know people who have That's tickets, right. and they don't know if they're getting back at 2 in the morning tomorrow night or if they're going to be <laughs> get back at, like, 7. It's too bad that they do that, because I remember in 87, the Cardinals and uh, – Giants were done with the NLCS, so but the Twins still played late in that afternoon to wrap up the American League Championship Series against Detroit. Yeah, it's uh, all driven by television, and I make my living on television, so i got to watch what I say. But, yeah, if the Twins win today, uh, whether they win or lose today, uh, if the Orioles complete uh, or get swept by the Texas Rangers, uh, then the game tomorrow, scheduled for 1 o'clock, would be moved to 6 o'clock. I don't think it's going to matter. I'm guessing every seat will be filled here at Target Field, but it is a bit of an inconvenience. But uh, that's the way uh, you know professional sports uh, uh, you know revolve around television these days. NFL games uh, get moved around, shifted around, and all that, and and that's uh, true in October baseball. 
Dick Bremer joining us today. Uh, and final couple things here for you, Dick. And I know we want to want to get in there and get to your your perch and and take in a game today. But if we've learned anything so far in uh, whether it be American League, uh, you know, divisional round now in or the 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 wild card round into the divisional round, you know, Baltimore. Hey, unfortunately for Orioles fans, and there's some diehards, as we all know, you know, they, they dropped two at home and out clinging to life tonight. The Dodgers, you know, down two games to none. Now they got to go on their own clinging to life with that tremendous club. What have we, you, know, you talked about the splits and road teams, you know, getting with. What have we learned so far, Dick, in, in 2023's Major League postseason? That the postseason is a completely different and new season. There's a, a, a very real possibility that in the American League, the defending world champions, the Astros, might be eliminated in this round, that the teams with the top two records in the American League coming out of the East, Baltimore and Tampa Bay, both might be eliminated by later today. Uh, and then, you know, you look over on the National League side, and the Braves were within an eyelash of falling behind 0-2, but the Dodgers, you know, with a 100-win season, they might be eliminated. Uh, you just can't predict anything. Uh, into a postseason based on what you saw in the regular season. That's one of the wonders uh, of the postseason in baseball. Uh, it's a tournament, and the teams that are hot, and so far it looks like the Twins are hot, but the teams that are hot can go a long way, and that's true. A couple of years ago it was Atlanta. Last year it was Philadelphia. That's true regardless of who it is. It's just we've been spectators at this point of the season for the last 20 years, and it looks like this year the Twins might be participants as uh, October unfolds. I know you like to look around the ballpark and walk around. I've seen you do it many times when I've been down there just walking the concourse. I'm sure you're going to really soak it up today because, you know, it sounds like a pretty nice day down there. And the energy is unbelievable. You know, every the players, the manager last week said that the uh, Twins fans helped them uh, win, which, you know, we haven't heard. You know, they've been in the postseason at the target at Target Field before, but you know, not since the Metrodome have we talked about the energy in the building, and so that's that's fun to hear, Dick. There were times last Wednesday uh, when they uh, clinched the uh, division late in the game. Uh, the crowd noise was so uh, loud, and the energy was so organic. It wasn't caused by a scoreboard asking people to yell and shout. Um, I could feel the vibration under my feet in the stands. That's how loud it was. Um, haven't heard that since the Metrodome, so we'll expect more of the same this afternoon. And then, as I said, it might be ratcheted up an even higher level tomorrow. It's great stuff. I, uh, you know, we're all kind of fans of of the baseball back in the day, and some would say the '60s maybe was the the golden era, Dick. And we're so far removed from guys pitching on like two days rest or three games in a postseason right now. Going back to the pitching conversation, so I, I love those arguments at local diners, Dick, where you get the you know those that have been around for us. So, oh, you know, Sandy Koufax would pitch, and then you know, he'd throw two days later, and then down or you know, t- pick your pick your Twins pitchers. But that, we're, we're in a different era right now, and these arms are incredible. Like you said, the, the bullpen, my goodness, that, that Twins bullpen, and maybe it comes down to them today, Dick. Well, it could. Uh, I think, uh, to be fair, the Twins bullpen would probably be given the edge right now over Houston's. That's not been the case uh, really uh, before, that they felt like they have the edge with uh, you know the infusion of Brock Stewart, who was entrusted with a – you know, really big eighth inning the other day. Yeah, he gave up the home run, but he got the outs. Uh, Griffin Jacks, we haven't seen much from a Pagan uh, in this playoff series, but he's a power arm. Louis Varland, uh, 
you know, got the Twins some big outs. They were loud outs, but he got them uh, in the first round of the playoffs. We'll see what happens here. I just it's it's so much fun, and I know the viewers and listeners feel it too. Uh, Tuesday's game lasted two hours and forty minutes. Wednesday's game, two hours, 51 minutes. And each of them seemed like they were five-hour games because there there was so much intensity, whether you were in person watching on TV or listening on the radio. And buckle up, Twins fans, because there's a chance that we might be uh, having that a lot here in the coming weeks. Well, uh, as Derek said, we're, I know the fans. I can speak for those fans, Dick. They're going through uh, some Dick Rammer withdrawals, but you enjoy <laughs> that. Uh, you enjoy that. And, and next time we talk, hopefully we're talking about a, a you-know-what as far as the next uh, the next round goes. Dick, as always, great talking, Twins. Thanks for joining us uh, again today, Dick. We'll talk again next Tuesday. The great Dick Rammer brought to you by Jefferson Lines uh, today.